Amen. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Man, oh man, we, it's, it's a good day. I just... And so just in case you're wondering, I hung out in my backyard for the last couple of days and... That's for you again. No, uh, just Pastor Julian, you rocked it last week Sunday. Sorry, I, I heard that. I saw you, and yes, I did have more less clothing on than you did. That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, and just so grateful for what God is going to be doing this morning. I want to just share with you uh, just some things that were just stirring in my heart uh, as I was praying for you on the beach, and um, <laughs> the Lord speaks on the beach. Did you know that? It's a it's a good place. And uh, I, I just hear him really clearly down there. Uh, if you turn with me to John chapter 3, and there's just some things that were just uh, a couple of weeks ago we had started, and there were some things the Lord reminded me, and just to kind of get us back on track with a few thoughts here. Uh, but again, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or being born from above, it positioned you and I to see and experience that all that grace has purchased for us. Right? I mean, we talk about, of course, receiving our salvation, and that is, thank God, I'm not going to hell. Anybody woke up this morning thankful that they're not going to hell? Come on, y'all, that should be a little bit more excitement than that. Like, I'm not going to hell. Those that are watching online, you're not going to hell. By accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I go, thank God for that. But not only he didn't just leave you there, he also now gave you the ability, or he gave you the, the access to hear, to see, and experience the kingdom. That's what you were anointed to experience. So not only did he rescue you from the pit of hell, but he now brought you into the kingdom of his dear son, and you are able to function in that kingdom. So listen, the biggest problem that we have in the body of Christ is ignorance. Ignorance to what? Ignorance to the ways of God. We're familiar with the ways of men because we were born into this natural world. And again, the, the message we preach to the world is you must be born again. Why? So that you can be qualified to see and partake of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. But then to the church, the message is you must renew your mind. Because your thinking is blocking you from the kingdom's ways. King, the kingdom of God has got a full, again, the word kingdom doesn't just mean it's a certain place. It's a style. It's the way of operation. It's how God himself thinks. It's how he functions. It's how all of heaven operates. It operates by the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, his message to the world was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning there's a new way of operating that's coming. I like there's a Ben Campbell Johnson paraphrase that uses it like this. He says, change your attitudes because an invasion of the spirit is imminent. Meaning there is a new kingdom. There's a new way of operating. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeehaw! And you better be understanding how this new sheriff is going to operate. Okay. So in John chapter 3 verse 1, there is a man named Nicodemus uh, from the Pharisees. Uh, he was a ruler among the Jews and who came to Jesus at night in verse 2. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. How did they know he came from God? Because they saw the miracles. They saw what he produced. Right? Okay, verse 3. Jesus answered him. He said, I assure you, most solemnly tell you that unless a person is born again, again from verses or words we hear quite a bit in the Christian world, but don't let it become cliche that you, well, I've heard that. Listen, you got born again. Jesus said, you're being born from above unless a person has experienced that. He cannot 
There is no other way. He cannot see or he cannot know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus, again, from a natural perspective, was confused. How can a man be born when he is old? I'm 70. How do I get born again? Can I enter my mother's womb? Listen, this is the leading rabbi of the day. How do I do this? And Jesus answered, he said, I assure you, most solemnly tell you, unless a man is born of water, natural birth, and even now, the spirit, a spiritual birth, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Jesus went on to say, what is born from the flesh is flesh. Um, The physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. The Passion Bible says it like this in verse 6. The natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Natural realm, natural works, the natural muscle and willpower doesn't give birth to supernatural results. Anybody ever tried that before? Where you're, I'm going to just make this work. I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to confess louder. I'm going to go to church more. Even when the doors aren't open, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm going to jump higher in worship. I'm going to make this supernatural thing happen. Anybody ever tried that before? I'm the only one that's ever tried that before. Okay. Where I'm going to make the promise of God happen by my efforts. It does not work. Because flesh can only produce flesh. But spirit produces spirit. So Jesus again came to bring mankind back to their original position with God and to bring us to the position that God always wanted us to be in. Listen, if you read Psalm chapter 8, I won't go there for time's sake. Just listen to a part of this verse. In Psalm 8, it says the angel was asking the Lord. He said, why do you bother and care so much about human beings? What honor you have given them. You made them a little lower than yourself. Elohim. You crowned them with glory and magnificence. Then you gave them rulership of all that you made. Everything created is under their authority. He's going, man, this angel's going, why do you, you paying so much attention to this guy? Why? You gave him all your glory. You gave him such honor. Why? Because God wanted you and I to carry out what heaven looked like on this earth. So Jesus, Adam and Eve, they lost their standing, the honor, the glory, and the spiritual authority. But God had an operation to rescue you and I and bring us back to this location, and it's through Jesus. Jesus came as the Son of God, but he came as a Son of Man. Listen to Jesus, how he operated on this earth. Again, you may know this, but Jesus came to this earth, yes, as the Son of God, but he operated as a Son of Man. If he, if he did all the miracles that he did as God, I'm impressed. But if he did it as a man, now I go, huh. I need to relook at myself here a little bit different through the eyes of God. Because God is, Jesus is not just an example for you. He's an example of you. So when I see how Jesus operates, that's the purpose, that's the plan that God had for you and I to operate from. Correct? So now, how does Jesus operate? How did he function? Look at this in John chapter 3, verse 13. Same passage. And now this is Jesus talking, and he's kind of filling in some more blanks here between Nicodemus. But then he says this about himself. He said, no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, 
the Son of Man. So what is he saying? I was in heaven. I came down. And then he says, uh, the Son of Man himself, who also, who is, dwells, has his home in heaven. What is he saying? Just as natural as I'm standing here, I'm also there at the same time. Jesus is saying, I'm here on this earth, but I'm standing before the Father right now. That's why he could clearly see what heaven wanted to do and bring it into this earth. Well, guess what? That's how you and I are supposed to function as well. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6? That he has also raised us up together and seated us together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So again, if I see Jesus do it, I'm qualified, anointed to do what he did. And not only that, he also equipped me to do that. He caused me to sit down in heavenly places. So yeah, you're naturally here, but you're spiritually, you are right at the right hand of the Father. Our, our natural minds go, huh? How? What? This is what you and I have to become spiritually aware of some things. That's where you stand. That's your standing with God. And from that position is all authority. From that position, he wants to reveal to you what he wants to do in your marriage, what he wants to do with your life, what he wants to do with your family. It's all from that secret place. And it's at that place the devil dare not go. You operate and you own that spot. Now... <laughs> John the Baptist, a couple of verses later, still in John 3. I thought I would just hang out in John 3 a little bit this morning. In John 3, John the Baptist reveals his ministry that it was to elevate and to point people to Jesus. Because his disciples came to him all worried and going, man, Jesus is getting more popular. People are going to him instead of to you. John's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. He must increase. I must elevate him. That's the whole point of this is to showcase who he is. He is the Lamb of God who's taken away the sins of the world. That's who he is. I need to decrease so that he may increase, meaning we're constantly pointing people to Jesus. So look what he said about Jesus or about the same ministry. John uh, 3 verse 31. I believe I have it in the Passion. It says, yeah, look at this. For the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and what? Speaks from the natural realm. Anybody? I mean, this, the Bible's so irrelevant. We don't hear any of this today, do we? That's a joke. Are you, are you, how much natural things are we hearing today? Physical, natural things. People are talking from a natural perspective all the time. And they're trying to fix natural problems with natural things. Can't be done. But the one who comes from above is above everything and speaks to the highest realm of all. Look at this in the mirror Bible. It says, it is the spirit. Oh, wait, no, I don't have it on the mirror. I have it here. Sorry, guys. Listen to this in the mirror. It says, we are dealing with two dimensions here. The one coming from above presides over all, while the reasoning from the mere earthly perspective is confined to communicate from an earthly point of view. The conversation realized as, an, uh, as originating in heaven has the final say. So what is Jesus simply saying here is that Jesus came to break you out of earthly perspective and give you into the highest point of view, which is God's. Jesus' words, his word, the, the B-I-B-L-E, isn't just a natural book. It is the highest words from the highest P-O-V, point of view. 
So whenever you have a problem, the best thing to do is rather than getting different points of view from all natural individuals or natural counsel, nothing wrong with getting help and some natural resources, don't get me wrong, but the first place I have to go to is the highest POV there is because when you start out on the highest point of view, which is the word of God, you start out on the highest answer there is. Can we see this? So this word that you and I carry in our laps, it is the most beautiful thing because it gives you and I the highest perspective to look on from. And it's the highest answer. Now, look at this in John chapter 6, verse 63. Again, just to show you Jesus' words, what he says about him. This is in the Mirror Bible. It says, it is the spirit that quickens the poetry of life. The flesh is useless without the spirit. Say it with me. The flesh is useless without the spirit. The flesh is useless without the spirit. How do we know that? Well, if you were to die right now, your flesh would just lay there. But your spirit is gone. Your spirit is what gives life to this body. The words, Jesus said, that I speak unto you, what are they? They are spirit and they are life. It's a spiritual book. So you can't approach the Bible from a natural perspective and go, Well, that's just what it is. You have to get it from the Spirit of God. It's the highest point of view there is. He goes on to say, Jesus says this, I communicate. Listen now, this is huge for us. I communicate from a different dimension and perspective, giving voice and substance to every prophetic shadow and purpose. What is Jesus clearly saying here? I am communicating from a different dimension and a different perspective. Right? I mean, anytime you watch what Jesus does, how many people were just ticked off with the guy? Why is it? Because he talked from a different perspective. Constantly. The Pharisees were livid with the man. Why? Because he talked from a higher, different perspective. The, the people around him, they were just amazed at his teaching going, man, they were drawn to him. Thousands would come and they would spend all day listening to his words. Why? Because he talked, not as just one who, you know, talked about authority, but one who also demonstrated it. He talked with such high authority because his point of view was from a high place. Church, I believe this is the call that the God has given the church is to start operating, start talking from the highest point of view at the right hand of the Father. We love fighting all these natural things and how stupid that is and how wrong that is. Yes, it all is, but what do you expect? Natural things produce natural things. And they talk from what viewpoint? The natural But you and I, we're not called just to battle those little things. You're called to battle it from my highest perspective there is. And the highest POV always dominates the lower one. So the encouragement is get up, get your eyes up, get your ears up and start hearing on a different frequency. Now, (laughs) how did Jesus do this? Of course, we do know that he was... At the same time he was on this earth, he was standing before the Father in heaven. But in John chapter 8, I also just see this. There's some words that Jesus spoke that, man, when when you get this, when we grasp some of this, it'll change the way that you and I live as well. Jesus responding a lot to this is after he just, there was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. All the the Pharisees, they left because they found, hey, I I can't sell this woman because I'm not without sin. And so Jesus went all through all this and he said, I am the light of the world. Right now, the Pharisees are just livid with this guy. And Jesus responded, just because I am the one making these claims doesn't mean that they're invalid. Now, this is what I want you to see. 
For I absolutely know who I am. Say it with me. I absolutely know who I am. Do you? Because we're going to be talking about some things as we go into this month, as, as the Lord wills on this. I absolutely know who I am. Next thing he says, where I've come from and where I'm going. Those three things right there gave Jesus to operate and function on a completely different level. I know who I am. I know where I've come from. And I know where I'm going. I want to talk a little bit to you today from this, this point. I know where I've come from. <laughs> because he knew where he came from, he wasn't moved by outside voice. He wasn't moved by an outside voice. He wasn't moved by the pressure. He wasn't moved by the intensity or the culture of that time. He wasn't persuade. Uh, nobody from the outside could persuade him to speak, to perform, to prove who he was, to condemn who he was, to speak out against. All these things Jesus was constantly bombarded with. If you read through the Gospels, you will see constantly, they said, oh, hey, Jesus, answer the question. What do you say? What do we, should we do with this woman? Should we stone her? Or what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The constant pressure from the outside. Jesus was not moved by anything external. He was only moved by inside voice. And that's what you and I are called to live by. The inside voice. I mean, listen, I can't tell you. I mean, if there's one thing I could say about our God that you may not have heard of before, but he is on the inside. That's where he is. He's here. So you and I, as we're going further into these days, we have got to be more God inside conscience. This is where I get my instruction from. It's not, oh, look at this opportunity. Go run and grab at it. We are not moved by opportunities. We're moved by the inside voice. Oh, if you're looking for somebody to marry, oh, but man, she looks so good. What does the inside voice tell you? What is the spirit of God in you telling you? Don't do it. Yeah, but she looks so good. Don't do it. Yeah, but this is where the conflict happens. And then you found out you married Satan's sister. (laughs) And meanwhile, we go, God, what happened? The inside voice was there warning you saying, don't do it. Yeah, she looks good, but you don't know what's inside. Don't do it. That's for another time, but we're going to get to some time into that. Instead, Jesus, he was only moved by the sound of where he came from. Now, where are you from? Can we ask that question? Where are you from? Uh, over our time, uh, when we were in Mexico for this last, uh, last 10 days, that is a question we heard a lot. Where are you from? That's a lot of times I ask that question. Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And after all, you can start to tell where these individuals came from. They would come from, you know, from Europe, from, you know, South America, from Mexico itself. And because once you kind of got talking to them, you could kind of pick up on, you know, their accent or a few things that they would like to talk about. We met a German couple, great couple. And all of a sudden we started talking about German things. Like Dortmund, the soccer team. And, you know, just you start going into some of those things and you go, oh, you could pick up on some of those little details there. But the good news is over time, as, as our tan started to evolve, I was no longer getting asked that question. There was just assumptions. Hola, como estas? And I would play along as far as I could. Bien, bien, oh, yeah, agua, agua, agua. Yeah, yeah, bien, bien. And they would go into some whole other thing, and I'd go, 
No comprende, no comprende. Por favor. <laughs> and there's one sentence that I learned. This was many years ago, but I, I use it as much as I can to whoever will listen. And it's Quincy Quesos Compre Equique. Oh, so, so, <laughs> but when you know what it means, you'll go, oh, it's 15 cheeses for Enrique. <laughs> that was the first sentence that I learned in, in Mexico was Quince Quesos Compre Equique. So I'm going around thinking that it was some sort of a greeting. Because <laughs> they just told me the line. This is a great line. And I thought it rolled off the tongue so well. Quince Quesos Compre Equique. Arriba! And so... Hola, hola, compre, yeah, Quincy Quesos, compre a Quique. 15 cheeses for Enrique. Por favor. <laughs> Are you Enrique? No, I'm not Enrique. <laughs> I'm Joel. <laughs> so then they would after us, where are you from? Uh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh. How are you? And they would start just breaking it down in English. I'm like, oh man, I, I may look like a loco. Not loco. <laughs> Local. <laughs> it was a long flight back. I got back early yesterday morning. I may, not, I may look like a local, but I don't sound like they do. So the question is, where do you come from and do you sound like where you come from? Do you sound like it? Because we have to realize Jesus knew where he came from. It ticked off a lot of people but also reached a lot of people because he sounded like where he came from. Do you know where you come from? So look at this in 1 John chapter 4. And if you want some more Spanish lessons, I'll be giving free ones later on. <laughs> For free. First <laughs> John chapter 4 and before I read this to you do you know where you came from because the grace of God has radically changed our hometown and we should have an accent there should be something that sounds different than everything else on this natural world because when they talk to me and they finally heard that I'm Canadian they go oh yeah I hear it now and I'm like what your accent really I don't hear it. I think I sound like you, but apparently I don't. But there should be an accent to the child of God. There should be something that when some people listen to you, they go, he's from somewhere else. That ought to be. Now, <laughs> and again, knowing this is so important, is, I'll get to that in a sec. You come from God because grace has enabled you to hear from the inside. Now, First John chapter 4, I want you to see where do you come from. You, dear children are from God. Where are you from? I'm from God. Come on, where are you from? I'm from God. And he also says, you have overcome them because the one who is, where is he? He's in. And he is greater than the one who is, where is he? In the world. There is one who is in the world and there is one who is in you. Who's stronger? The one in me. How did I get the one in me? Because I came from him. More than, yeah, maybe your, your parents that decided, okay, it's time to have a baby and all, all that. But you are not a planned child from a natural birth. Whether you were or not, like the more higher point of you is, I am 
from God. Come on, say it. I am from God. And if your parents didn't want you, well, this is good news for you today. I am from God. Whether they wanted you or they didn't, I am from God. Now look at this in verse 5. They, they are from where? And therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world. Why is this so important? Why is this so big for you and I? Because voices become viewpoints. Who are you listening to? They? Out there? Or are you listening inward? And all this originates from knowing, where do I come from? I come from him. When I know I come from him, how does he speak? On the external things? He speaks on the inside. This will help so much because I think in the Christian world, we are looking for the feelings. We're looking for the feel-good moments in a, in a music set or in a prayer time or in the word. I'm just waiting for a feeling. There is no feelings that are attached to it necessarily. If there are, great. But they do not have to be present for you to have an encounter with God. Did you know that? I had plenty of encounters with the Lord and a lot of times did I feel anything? No. It was just him on the inside reassuring me of things that I've stepped into, things that I feel like I'm going in the right direction, things that I'm even just studying and seeking the Lord's face on. He just starts to reveal and where he reveals it on the inside. Those are ah oh, wonderful moments. There's not necessarily a feeling attached. But I want you to see the importance behind this is because they are from the world. And verse 5, go back there, guys. And therefore, they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. Verse 6, we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. God has well equipped you from hearing anything that would go contrary to his word. There's, talk, there's so much talk, and part of it I understand. And the other part of it is you've got to be a little bit careful because you can get almost cynical on the other side. There's one side of this where you can go, well, there is just prophets and prophets, and everybody's got a word about this, particularly about the, the political realm and the political spectrum. When I'm talking about this, I'm not talking political stuff. I'm talking about an inside voice by the Spirit of God. But there are so many prophetic voices that are out there, and you can kind of go, oh, those are just, those are just pathetic. And yeah, I, I get that. There's a lot of that false stuff that's out there. But the good news is, is you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you to reveal what is false and what is not. He's right there. So let me encourage you, don't just come, jump, go jumping and that's what prophet says so and so and prophet says over this. What is the voice, Spirit of God, inside of you? What is he saying to you? We're constantly looking for words. We're looking for, oh, this is what they're going to happen in Canada. You know, this is going to take place. And don't get me wrong, there are prophets in the land and I absolutely heed the voice of the prophetic voice. I love the prophetic voice. But I'm not going to go at it as if I, my life, my world, my politics depends on it. Why? Because it doesn't. I got the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And He will lead me and guide me into all truth. <laughs> now, that's good news. I'll leave that there. Okay. Now, if you come from God, it's going to require you and I to start sounding like it. Sounding like what? Talk as if the blood of Jesus has washed you clean. 
Talk as if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There ought to be that accent. That, hey, man, the things are looking a little bit tough. Hey, but my God. But my God. Come on, y'all, but my God. What is he going to do? He will supply all of my needs. But my God, I'm a giver, Lord, because I'm a giver. I'm a sower. I'm also a reaper. There's got to be a bit of an accent to what you sound like. Because listen, where do you come from? Go again to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. We are from God. Say it. I come from God. If that's the truth, what does that mean? It means that there's a certain tone to my voice. <laughs> so I want to encourage you. If you got maybe a, a, good, a good husband, good wife next to you, or got a good friend or something, allow them to be kind of those that will help you with your accent a little bit. Listen, because I can throw off a pretty good accent. Huh? I can... I can, Marie will have to fix it up a little bit, but you can go a few different ways. And listen, when it comes to kingdom accents, allow people around you to help sharpen that up a little bit. Oh man, I just feel so sick. I'm just such a loser. I'm no good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where do you come from? Oh, right. I come from God. Yeah, I come from God. Let the weak say, I'm strong. That's heaven's accent. And meanwhile, God, we're just looking, God, when are you going to come through? I'm just, I need money. I need, Lord, I, where's my money? I need money. I need, where do you come from? God. So what is my tone? The windows of heaven are open unto me. There needs to be that accent. So allow those people around you to start sharpening some of that accent. Not just to sound Christianese and not just to sound, oh, this is what Christians have to do. But let it convict you on the inside. Know where you come from. This is what Jesus said. I know who I am. I know where I come from. And I know where I'm going. The Pharisees couldn't touch him. The external couldn't, you know, pressure him to do anything, to go after anything. And I even know even, that's why we're, I believe that the Lord has called us to move even as a church with a building wise. I'm not looking at opportunities. What do we look at? The inner witness. How does it seem? How does it look on the inside? Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this? And all we've kept hearing is, go, we want a further impact. We want to make a greater impact. Okay, Lord, then I'm trusting you as I'm taking this step of faith, because I've not done this before. Just in case you're wondering, I've not done this before. So what, this, what is this? It is a step. And I'm expecting the Lord, because if he's the one that told me, he's got to make it happen. So where's the pressure? The pressure's not on me. The pressure comes on the word. You know, we don't look for signs. What do you look for? You look for the word, and out of that word, the signs will follow. The signs always follow the word of God. They follow the word that the spirit of God inside of you gives. Amen. Where do you see that? Mark chapter 16. Look at that in verse 20. It's that these attesting signs they followed as the disciples went out and preached the gospel. It says that the Lord followed them with signs to confirm what was being spoken. So listen, do not look for a sign. Don't look for a sign. What are you looking for? You're looking for the inner witness. Is it right here? The disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said with miraculous signs. So we don't looking for signs. What are we looking for? Lord, what is the inner words right here? What's this word? Lord, in my marriage right now, what's, what's, what do I need to hear? Lord, with my children, what do I need to hear? And sometimes we just spend, I think a lot of times that we're just so quick to do things externally because we don't like to take the time to just sit inside and allow the Spirit of God to deal with some things inside of us because it's not comfortable. Sometimes it goes, well, Lord, are you really here? 
you have got to learn to slow it down. We are so quick to act and quick, okay, this, and we're going to go after this. And that's what the politicians were going to do. Well, I'm going to do this. Hoya! They said this. Hoya! They want to think this. Hoya! And we are so brrr, Facebook crazy about typing against this and we're against that. Meanwhile, you got the Spirit of God inside of you going, I'd like to talk to you about that. And we're so quick, but we're on a natural perspective. And they that are of the flesh, do flesh things. <laughs> but where do I come from? Oh, I'm from Red Deer. <laughs> I've had to say that a few times. From where? Uh, Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> it's a suburb just north of here in Cancun, just north. <laughs> But you have to answer, Lord, where do I come from? I come from you. And if that's not the case, we've got to slow this thing down. Lord, what are you saying to me? What do I need to check up on the inside? And allow the Spirit of God, in your quiet time with him, reveal, I am God. Let him start showing you, I am the Lord. I'll show you what you need to be doing. Last verse, and I'll finish up with this. Because don't you think it's kind of crazy is that how can we have God's spirit living inside of us and talk like Satan? How does that work? It doesn't fit. It doesn't sound right. It's all of a sudden me trying to put on a French accent. It doesn't work. It doesn't look natural. It's just not. I'm not from France. (laughs) I'm from Canada. What do we do in Canada? We speak Canadian. So when people hear me talk, they go, yeah, this, you're not Spanish. No, even when I try to talk Spanish back to them, they go, oh, there's not really the, the Spanish accent. Well, yeah, it's because I'm not natural from there. But you are naturally born, from, supernaturally born from God. So when you start speaking God's language, they go, oh, man, the other guy's from another realm. He's from another place. Yeah, you got a kingdom accent attached to you. My last verse, Philippians chapter uh, 2 or 3 verse 20, it says, but we are citizens of heaven. Where do you come from? Heaven. I come from God. This is where I come from. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Where are you from? Listen, don't let just read this. We are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Where are you from? Heaven. Oh, where's that? Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. I'm from where he lives. So that all means there's some different things that are coming out of my mouth. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. But listen, I want you and I to get this, to see this. I am a citizen of heaven. That's where Jesus is from. That's where Jesus lives currently at this moment. I can talk like him. I can think like him. I can act like him. You are qualified because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've done that, you've done that? Come on now. Can we all stand up together? Let's just make some declarations together with our heavenly accent. Is that all right with you? I don't know you, but I'm, I'm, devil's not taking my children. Devil's not messing up my marriage. Come on, y'all. Where are you from? I'm from God. And greater is he that lives in you than he that's in this world. Sickness and disease can't come in this body. Mental act, depressed, are you kidding me? Depression, go to hell. 
You've got to start talking like the accent where you're from. Anxiety, you're going to just take over. Oh, no! I'm from God. And what does he say? The greater one lives inside of you. And greater, come on, say it with me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in this world. What's in this world? The devil and all of his cords and all the stuff that he wants to do. Great, he can go try to find somebody who will take it. You're not putting it on me. And our goal and our job here is to preach this gospel so that all ears can hear because they deserve to know, but also just to put some more footprints on the devil's neck. Some of you got to be too nice with him, too nice with anxiety, too nice with a headache, too nice with a, you know, a broken foot. Stop! Anybody tired of that stuff? Oh, kids are just, you know, there's, there's so much confusion. Not in my house. God is not the author of this confusion. We know where it comes from. So what do we do? We start to go, I came from you. And because I came from you, greater is he that's living in me. So where do I go when all the chaos goes crazy? I go inside. And I go, Lord, what do you say right here, right now? He says, I want you to start speaking this over your children. And they're bold as lions. God is their, God is their father. Just start speaking clarity over their minds. That's who they are. So let's just say this. In the name of Jesus, I declare today I am a child of God. I come from God. So I speak as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God. I am free. I am whole. I am strong. Spirit, soul, body, mind, you be well. You think clear. You have good thoughts. Thoughts of love. Thoughts that are pure. Not of evil. I take control of you in Jesus' name. And I take every bad thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Body, you line up to what Jesus did on the cross for you. Feet, you walk well. Ankles, you are strong. Come on, we're going to just go over our body here. Shins, you are well. Knees, you operate. You bend. You can run well. Hips, I was going to say they don't lie. <laughs> Hips, you are strong in their place. Stomach, be strong, be well, be whole. Diseases, you cannot enter in. Arms, that's elbows, fingers, wrists, shoulders. You function the way God created you to. I command that from where I come from in Jesus' name. Head, that's eyes, ears, nose, mouth, all of that. Face, you smell good. You see good. You hear well in Jesus' name. Lungs, you breathe. And all these internal organs you function now the way you were created to in Jesus' name. Oh, but I don't really feel like it. It has nothing to do with your feelings. 
Who are you? I come from God. And from that place, I command and I speak this natural earth to come into line. The highest point of you dominates the lesser. The spirit gave birth to the natural. So the spirit can change the natural. And your words are spiritual containers that are able to destroy, remove, make any necessary changes that need to line up with the highest point of view. Amen.